Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the second part of his discourse on method, before he gives us the famous four rules of the Cartesian method, Descartes is going to talk a little bit about why he formulated those rules, what his motivation was. And this is one that I think could apply to many of us. He's talking about why and how one could reconstruct the foundations of knowledge. And he provides us with several interesting analogies. He talks about city planning, and he also talks about legislation. And these are somewhat connected with each other. Legislation has to do with creating not just laws individually, but with the structure of the entire society. City planning has to do with the space in which we live. So these are actually very important. And and how are these similar to developing fields of knowledge? Well, that's what we'll, we'll see as Descartes sets it out for us. So he's got this great example of old cities. He begins by talking about ancient cities in which people have been adding things and the streets are Originally, you know, may have been trails. And if you've ever been in an old city like that, a city that's existed for 300, 400, 500 years, you can relate very easily to what Descartes is talking about. Here, for example, in the Midwest, many of our cities are much newer and they're laid out on grid patterns. So it's very easy to get around. That's a more rational structure. And so Descartes says things that are produced by the hands of a number of different people often have a less coherent less rational structure to them. So these old cities grow over time, being added to, being subtracted from occasionally, right? Things collapse and you build over them. As a matter of fact, you may be building up on top of old structures as well. And so they tend to be fairly badly laid out because they're oftentimes developed for technologies that are out of date, you know? A city that originally had its streets laid out primarily so that you can get to another city or just for horses and carriages when we shift to the automobile, it may not be structured quite as well. And so he goes on and he says that this is the case not only with cities, but also with buildings. When several people are working on the building, that can be a problem. Think about additions. So one of the phrases that he has in here that I particularly like is that he talks about when we look at these sorts of cities, He says, if you take into consideration the way that they're disposed, a tall building here, a low building here, the way they cause the streets to wind and change level, they look like more the product of chance or in the French, fortune, than, as he says, the will of men applying their reason. The French phrase for that is actually plutôt la fortune que la volonté de quelques hommes usant de raison qu'ils les ont ainsi disposés. more the result of just chance occurrences or different people using their wills and reason, but not coordinating them together. So this is going to be a problem. If we're thinking about the knowledges that we're studying, right? Disciplines, 
how much of it are we taking from what other people have put together over time? In Descartes' own time, there were many people who'd say, well, listen, Aristotle said this and that, and then this commentator said this and that. And Descartes would say, that's kind of like an ancient city. How do we know that Aristotle laid the streets out in the right way? How do we know that these commentators built the houses where they needed to be? Maybe we need to knock it all down and start again. He also talks about legislation. And he says, you know, look at societies where they never really thought out their legal code. Instead, they just sort of added laws here and there whenever they needed them. And he, he gives some examples. He says, nations who were once half savage and only gradually became more civilized, whose legislation was forced upon them by acts of criminal mischief and legal disagreements. He says, they cannot be as well governed as those where a single prudent legislator starts started by structuring the entire society. And he uses as an example, Sparta. He says, Sparta flourished. It was not because of the particular excellence of each one of their laws. As a matter of fact, some of their laws were kind of weird, he says, but because they were all laid down by one person, they were all directed to a single end. Now, Descartes is not endorsing the Spartan constitution or anything like that. He is saying, when we apply this to knowledge, if we're trying to reconstruct the foundations of knowledge, we want to do so systematically. We want to do so in such a way that this discipline over here does not clash with this discipline over here or within any particular discipline. We don't have a bunch of different authorities, all you might say at war with each other over who's right and who's wrong. That's a problem. Instead, we want it to look more like mathematics where we make gradual progress. And once somebody introduces a proof for a theorem, or a procedure for doing something, everybody can look at it and examine it and say, aha, you're right, I see. Or they can attack it, and if they manage to disprove it, then it's gone, right? So Descartes is saying, if we think about city planning, if we think about legislation, and we apply that to what we might call the republic of knowledge, then we can start to see how we get out of the problematic state that we're in. He also does tell us we don't see people pulling down all the houses of a town for the sole purpose of reconstructing them differently, but we do see many people having their own houses demolished in order to rebuild them, and sometimes they have to do that when it's falling down. So we're going to do this in a piecemeal way. And we do this by laying down good foundations. So if we want to use a more contemporary thing, if you get an old house, you may actually have to gut it and then bring everything up to proper code. You may actually have to demolish the entire house, put a new foundation, build a new house on the same property. So Descartes is going to tell us that the individual should focus on his own knowledge. Why is a good point to ask this question. Why shouldn't he focus on trying to change everything all at once? If an individual realizes that things aren't always laid out properly, why shouldn't he get involved in, say, city planning or legislation? So Descartes says, I can't approve of those meddlesome and restless spirits who are called neither by birth nor riches to take part in public affairs yet are forever plotting some reform. And he says, my project has never extended beyond wishing to reform my own thoughts and to build on a foundation which is mine alone. So he's suggesting that the individual, when it comes to knowledge, should try to improve him or herself 
to find a way. And interestingly, so this is the second part here. Why did Descartes realize this whole thing that knowledge is like a city or like legislation? Why didn't he just remain content with what was there? He says there's two kinds of people. There are people who, he says, believing themselves cleverer than they are, cannot stop themselves jumping to conclusions, and they don't have enough patience to govern their thoughts in an orderly way, with the result that once they have allowed themselves to doubt accepted principles and to stray from the common path, they would never be able to keep to the road that one must take to proceed in the right direction, and they would remain lost all of their lives. These are the people who constantly have projects, they're always redoing things, and they think that it's a a great thing to always be doubting, to be a, a critical thinker, as we say. And there's nothing wrong with critical thinking, but some people abuse that term, right? These are the people who are always being a devil's advocate. And you ask them what they do, in fact, know or believe, and they really don't have much. Or what they do have, you look at it closely and you're like, well, you don't have good reason to believe that. Why are you attacking this person over here when what you have to say is just as questionable as what they're saying? So that's the first kind of person. The second kind of person, Descartes says, is at the other extreme. He says, there are those who having enough sense or modesty to realize they're less capable of distinguishing the true from the false than certain others by whom they could be guided must content themselves with following the opinions of these others rather than seeking better ones from themselves. So the first class, they think they're going to get it on their own. They're going to make it up. They're going to reinvent the wheel. They're going to come up with the new system. They're going to fix everything. And they're mistaken about that. The second, are more modest and they say, I don't really know everything. Maybe I should get a book. Maybe I should see what somebody who studies these sorts of things has to say and follow them. And Descartes says, listen, I was that kind of person. I was the second type, but there was a problem for me, which meant that I had to become a third type, the type that he's actually suggesting all of us should become. So he couldn't just follow the views of other people, the opinions, the, the doctrines. Why not? It came out of the realization that there were differences of opinion between all of these experts on so many matters. And so he tells us, interestingly, I would have perhaps been in this second category if I had ha had only one teacher. If he just studied under one person and never looked at another fundamental perspective, he would have been fine. Or he says, if I'd never learned about the differences of opinion that have always existed among the most learned. But I did learn about that. And that threw me into a confusion. It's one thing to say, okay, I don't have it all figured out. So I'm going to follow somebody who I think has it more figured out. But what if you've got five people, all of whom say that they have it more figured out and everybody around you says that at least one of them does and they don't agree with each other. In a case like that, Descartes says, you have to provide your own guidance. You have to come up with your own answers. And he uh, talks about this as, yeah, this is a very nice thing. He says, I was constrained to take on the task, d'entreprendre moi-même de me conduire, to lead myself to guide myself, to steer myself, you, you might say, into the right paths. And so this is what is going to lead him ultimately to his famous method. But this is why he is pursuing the method in the first place. The goal being to reconstruct the foundations of knowledge, to create something sort of like within oneself, 
a set of laws or a newly erected city that would be all of this beautiful knowledge laid out properly once and for all. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.